Hello everyone, and uh, we're here for another weekly show at Srida Magazine. And uh, today uh, we'll talk uh, with uh, two people some of us may know and some of us may uh, adore and listen to. And uh, it's uh, Jessica Macklin, host of radio show at NTS uh, called Mishka. The second guest is uh, Ildar Zainedinov, uh, head of uh, Ghost's book label and its sub-labels, uh, also uh, known as uh, Low Bob, as his DJ alias. We think uh, it's a good time to have a conversation together and uh, just tell a bit uh, about yourself and uh, what's your maybe other preoccupations are at this point, uh, both within pandemic and in general. And I've heard Jessica, you do some music supervision and maybe you could tell a bit about it. Yeah, so I've been doing radio for like six years now. I started off at KXLU in Los Angeles, which is an FM station. And I was kind of playing all kinds of music. And towards the end of it is when I started kind of exploring more of the Russian Eastern European side of things. Um, And that led me into doing a focused show on NTS where, you know, I only focus on music from those regions, which has been really cool for the past two and a half years or two years. But on the side, I've been always kind of interested in different avenues of music business stuff. And um, I've worked in some labels and some production companies, but um, have kind of landed in the music supervision world, which is sort of It's it's something that I'm have been interested in for a while, and it's if if you're not familiar, it's the industry that kind of puts um, music and sound design into TV, films, advertising, podcasts, like anything that has music in it. A music supervisor probably chose that music and works with composers to make music for it. So that's what I've been doing after school, which is now my third year. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and I'm doing that during the pandemic. I just got a new job um, doing that and I've been supervising little films that my friends are making, so yeah. Thank you. Eldar, most of us know you, of course, as a ghost book uh, head, but uh, you probably have some other <clears throat> substantial, not just sources of uh, living, but uh, projects as well. And uh, what could be it? Yeah, basically around 10 years ago, I decided to do everything that is connected to music and sound in any ways. I decided to focus on my ears. Yeah, since that time I, I, I did a couple of labels. The main focus right now for me is Gozdzuk, of course. I've started the audio branding agency in Moscow, which is now transformed into one of the um, offices of uh, CZM Son agency, which is global audio branding agency. And that's another thing that I'm working on. And yeah, I've been busy with uh, NII Moscow. I've been co-curating and... Um, Co, I don't know, anything co. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing that place together with my friends. Lastly, I think that, yeah, sometimes I curate things music-wise. Some festivals, 
I've been working on before pandemic. Yeah, right right now I do some events and uh, not a lot of this. I mean, I'm not too much into events things, but when I do something specifically connected with uh, the label or NII or some some interesting things, I, I do that. But it's not my primary occupation at all. I mean, events are the last in my list. And the ghost book is the first. Within your uh, jobs, which you describe now, does it involve inviting artists you work with, like within your DJing or uh, label activity for either like connections when you supervise things or you do this audio braidings? Do you refer to like artists, you know, as sound designers uh, working with ghosts usually? How, how is it regarding, working uh, Regarding audio, audio branding thing is that the point is that we have a global headquarter at Paris and we, we do a lot of creative work in Paris and we don't have that much work here to start a creative work inside Moscow because we need uh, to, you know, we need to grow the business because basically audio branding in Moscow, in Russia in general, it's it's only developing. It's only developing and we don't have a lot of things to do. But my dream is to involve local producers. It's just not the, not the time right now. But besides... Besides uh, everything we do, I always focus on the local guys. Ghostbook is focused on the local guys. If we do events, I'm very radical in terms of local things. And it was... Uh, right now we are, we are facing the second wave of interest in local producers. Both waves are connected with uh, problems. The the first problem that, uh, you know, when we were starting NII, the first uh, problem was that uh, dollar and euro became twice expensive for local promoters to bring everyone from over the world. And it was the first wave of uh, interest in local producers. Now, uh, pandemics uh, brings the second wave. And uh, again, I'm facing a lot of interest, <laughs> which is funny for me. Yeah, but I know how life goes. I mean, a lot of things depends on the economics and uh, a lot of things are changed by by the dollar. <laughs> Sorry about that. And uh, for you, Jessica, did it occur in your practice was like, again, advising music for any uh, productions on TV or any any other to involve some heroes from your shows, some friends you made during the NTS uh, career from again, uh, Russia and Eastern Europe? I mean, I, I wish it could be more. I um, The projects that I have or anything that has been more film-based, um, has been pretty small budgeted projects and I always try and the people that I've worked with have kind of similar tastes in music with me. Um, so it kind of worked out that things that I casually listen to could be placed in a film. So I have 
used a song by Briozon or Briozon. Yeah, she she's Ukrainian, I believe, and she yeah, yeah. has like really cool. Gana yeah. Brzata. She's she's really dope, and I used one of her songs in a film. Um, so it's happened before. I but it is kind of like a goal to be able to work on more movies that I can place more Russian music into, or even Russian films that I can help place things into. I mean, that's that's a reach goal. I wanted to ask you for uh, especially local audience. I think uh, we have always the question like what. Uh, particular artists, whether it's musician or a person from film industry or whatever, what uh, interests and fascinates you uh, in Eastern Europe or specifically more uh, Russian music uh, so much that you at one point come to a decision like to dedicate some substantial time uh, of yours as a show uh, solely for this music and for these artists? Well, I was born in the States. I grew up in San Francisco. There's a really big Russian community here. Both my parents are immigrants from Russia and I pretty much only had Russian friends and I went to a Russian school. I was just like very that, but Americanized. It was really a strange thing that I can never really describe to anybody because I feel like if you grew up um, kind of in like a more majority, like Spanish speaking household or Chinese, like there's maybe like more of a like... There's more culture there, like there's more people that kind of speak the same language, but Russian, it's like a small circle in every city, you know, it's really, really small. Um, And so I kind of like rejected it for a long time. I think that I didn't want to identify with it because the only Russian music that I really heard was like more classic stuff like... Agutin and Leontiev and Pukachova and then like my mom listened to Rukivierk and Shatunov and stuff like that. So I never really heard like Kino. I never heard like cool, you know, more post-punky, synth-wavy, like anything that came out of the 80s that was more in the underground. I didn't hear that until I was in college and I was doing that radio station and I found like we have this huge library of vinyl and I was there I think like I had a show that was 2 a.m to 6 a.m so I was like always really delusional and like half asleep and I remember going through the library and like I pulled out a 45 and it was of this UK band um called The Projects covering Million Alejros by Pukachova and I'm like what the hell like I never thought anyone knew that song besides like Russian people like I re- or Soviet like people that grew up in ex-Soviet countries like I never thought that anyone from the UK would listen to Ala Pugachova and I think that after discovering that I was like oh wait like there might be people who find this fascinating like I found like I was obsessed with it and I couldn't I was so intrigued by the fact that other countries might be listening to Russian music so I started digging deep and every time I played anything that was from those countries, I felt like I got more like calls about it, asking like for a track ID. People just started finding it, I guess, more interesting. And I found it as a way to dig more into my culture, like things that weren't, you know, accessible to me growing up, like things that my parents didn't even listen to, you know, so 
yeah, it was like a, it's kind of like a history lesson and research project for me um, and connects me more with people that I identify with that are also Russian and Eastern European. And yeah, it's been, that's kind of the reason why I do it. And I mean, it's really fun for me, obviously. And radio is my favorite format to do it with. Like it, there's kind of like this immediate transaction with people being like, oh, like, what is this like, you know? So, yeah, that's that's the little explanation. As uh, Ildar mentioned, uh, this uh, second wave of interest uh, for uh, new Russian artists, uh, I wanted to ask you whether do you uh, see this growing interest uh, from like more people towards what's happening here, for example, from last year's uh, Uh, uprisings and uh, gaining the popularity of artists like I speak and some other like uh, uh, artists who collaborate with um, again foreign uh, artists as well uh, or do you think it's more like same uh, steady group of uh, not only just diggers but in general music lovers uh... yeah no I totally see what Ildar is saying about the waves of Russian influenced things like it's not only music it's also just like the full aesthetic of Russian things I don't the first time I saw it I think it was I think everyone might agree that it came or at least in the states would agree that it came from you know stuff that Gosha Rupchinsky was putting out and everyone was like oh Cyrillic like what and you know I found it really f- funny like I just like didn't it was just really weird because when I was growing up like I experienced like very minor not like anything traumatic but like weird xenophobia against me being Russian like I've you know like was like Russia equals gangsters mafia alcoholism and poverty and like and now it's considered like this aesthetic thing you know like that it's like this cold place and someone sent me um a pitchfork article yesterday that um Malchat Doma yeah. That they're like a meme on TikTok now because they have this like cold aesthetic and I just like it's really funny to me and I definitely see that happening um in the States that people are like wearing more things that have Cyrillic writing or are trying to listen to like Russian post punk stuff. And I think it's all an aesthetic thing. And maybe it, it, I think that there is a wave right now in America of people trying to connect on a deeper level with their culture that they might have like rejected or weren't even told that they were, that it was part of them. Like people from Eastern, I mean, there's a lot of like Polish people and like a lot of people from different Eastern, like Czech people in America, but it was, it's like so late in generation that they don't connect with that. And so once they see like a Malchetbona posting something on TikTok, you know, they're like, oh wait, that's me, you know? So people are trying to connect more to their culture, I think, and that second wave is helping, I guess. I think that we should divide it into two parts because what I was talking about is is the local uh, local interest in Russian in in Russian producers which are strictly economic wise uh, depending really on on the exchange rate and uh, the problem of bringing 
foreign artists. And it is strictly connected with this point. And I think that the global Russian wave, which is uh, you're talking about right now, I mean, the Gosh Rubchinsky wave and then the Kyrillix wave, I think it is very, very tightly connected with with the politics also because yeah. everyone was quite... I mean, globally, my parents, they're not living in Russia. And my brother and sister, they're not living in Russia. And they have like several points of view, media-wise, what is going on in, in the world in terms of uh, the Russian vibe. And uh, of course, uh, when huge politics things are happening in the world, everyone is like focused on it. And everyone is trying to find some good things about it. The artists are also good in the yeah. times when you're not having a war or something like that. But when this situation happens, uh, the focus is is this way. And uh, I have a lot of respect to I speak, but I mean, thanks to situation in politics, they have this amount of interest right now. Yeah. No, I was just going to say music has always, always been connected with politics. And if not politics, then like some kind of uprising. I mean, it's why there was like the 60s, yeah. you know, like hippie movement. And that's, there's why the punk movement started and everything. And so, yeah, totally. I see that. Politics, yep. economics, that's it. <laughs> so when when someone is telling that uh, I'm not uh, a part of game of politics, it's very funny because we are always yeah. every day, every fucking day, we are part of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's again your cycle of music coming at the forefront of uh, public opinion and public voice. I mean, in Russia, especially as it was uh, 30 years ago, before the collapse of Soviet Union and right after, and we saw this burst of interest. What is your uh, take on this being musician in any way? I mean, again, as a producer, as a DJ, uh, and uh, keeping music political, but at the same time, keeping it from just being exploited and being just instrumental for different agendas? Yeah, I mean, it. it's a really, really, it's always been, you know, obviously like a prominent issue as an observer growing up, obviously me as being like a white privileged person, like I never even saw this in front of my eyes, um, you know, police brutality, but I grew up knowing that it exists. I grew up like, seeing stark differences between communities and but now obviously with media and being at home like it it just become so amplified and it's it's a really crazy and scary time and um yeah there's you know like we were going to a lot of protests and we were having a lot of discussions with my friends about you know like what what is the right voice to have right now? What is, like, what should we say? What should we not say? Where are moments that we need to speak up and where are moments that we need to be silent? And I knew that me having the privilege of being on radio, like, there's no way that I could be silent about anything, you know? And especially knowing that my, like, NTS is not the only radio station that I'm part of. I'm also part of 
um, Hyde FM, which is a San Francisco-based station. And I try to adjust the way that I um, address these situations in both stations. So for NTS, I know a lot of my listeners are more global. Like a lot of them are in Russia, maybe, and um, might not have the same information passed down to them that people in the U.S. have. And so that one, I tried to be more, you know, kind of clear my stance, like present where I'm at and what I believe in and also talk about organizations that are could be donated to that aren't just like the George Floyd fund. The only way that I was able to do music stuff is because people were funding my communities and people were giving money to, you know, like um, music schools or churches that are able to educate me in those things and give me a platform and give me a place to go and have lessons and stuff like that. So yeah, it is it is something that I just think needs to be touched on and I need to do a better job about talking about it on every show moving forward on NTS. And uh, Eldar, yeah, while being a part of international community and uh, of course Gozvuk being Russian label, but uh, heavily international in terms of recognition and uh, audience. And uh, what does it mean to keep this again, music as a political force, but also as a musical, just artistic, which can't be probably divided. It can't be in the vacuum. Uh, was it for you any like hard decisions to make uh, in this situation? Uh, it's hard for me because I'm representing almost always, I'm not a, a representing only myself. And I'm representing a group of people almost like in a lot of situation, I am considered as a representative of a group of people. That's why I have to be highly attentive to what I'm talking and what I'm saying, what I'm like trying to do in, in my everyday life. I mean, and uh, talking about my NTS residency, basically I have one hour per month. And unfortunately I made my own decision to focus only on music to dedicate this one hour that we have on music. I, I'm not talking about uh, politics in, on NTS. I'm not talking about, because, pff, come on, I, 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 have to, I have to show music uh, and, and I have to represent artists. And um, NTS is not the field uh, for me of, of, of the communication in these terms. But I use my personal Facebook account Sometimes I use my Telegram account. Sometimes I use my Instagram. Oh, not only mine, but I use a Ghostbook account as my own uh, on Instagram. And yeah, sometimes I I share my thoughts on like, I don't know, election on like, like for example, voting for or against uh, changes in constitution. And I don't know, I mean, but, but I'm, I'm not, um, I'm trying to be focused more on the local things because global things are difficult. Of course, I am, I am very connected with, with what is going on. I'm very consolidated with the music society in, in terms of uh, radical points, but I, I'm not consider, uh, considering myself as a hardcore political activist. So uh, I'm just following yeah. my own uh, feelings about injustice in this world. And uh, and being myself also, I, I'm not a 
clear Russian, for example, I'm half Tatarian, and uh, in a way I was I was faced some kind of uh, racism since my early childhood, and in my family, racism was always shamed, and uh, for me it's it's very clear that it's it should be prohibited in any form. And uh, I wanted to ask you both uh, about uh, your process of. Uh, selecting heroes and uh, music you want to share? Um, I think that ever since I first started doing any sort of radio, it's always been a focus on the underrepresented and the more underground, more DIY sound. Um, I think that's kind of the focus of NTS in general. But um, I think after just having some conversations with My grandpa and my dad about like, oh, like, you know, they were just talking about like how they were making everything themselves. They were making the instruments. They were like buying things off the black market. They were creating like sounds that they've never heard and we're having these underground experiences. And I think that that really resonated with everything that fascinates me. And I mean, it itself fascinated me that like, from a country that was like constantly putting you down and not giving you anything and keeping things from you. Like they still, I'm talking about Russia here, like they, and ex-Soviet states, like they were able to still prosper and like create their own sounds, create synths. Like we were one of the first countries to like make a really cool synth, you know? Um, I don't first, know the technical terms. Not, not the, the one first. of the first, the first. Everything starts with Teremen. Everything is ta- yeah. starts with Teremen. Like Moog exactly. uh, was highly influenced by Teremen. Yeah, and so I found a lot of pride in that. And I just, I think that that kind of goes into my selections. Um, I really, I mean, if I'm looking for older stuff, like that came from, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm looking for people that were, defining their own sound and like how that had, we talked about um, your interview with Mikhail Chikalin, right? I mean, he was a pioneer of his time. Like that's, that's the kind of sound that I'm looking for. Those are the kinds of influences I want to see in contemporary music. So I'm not one to be playing like overly produced, like highly popular sounds. I mean, there, there are some things that I still find like very special in that. And I will include, You know, I still think that there is a beauty in some mainstream stuff, but overall I am looking for that kind of like DIY, like ahead of its time sort of sound. And I think that anything that has to do with like synthy, more electronic uh, based things that also bring in elements of real instruments is always like, that makes its way into my sets, so. I mean, if you've listened to my show before, I've played every kind of genre, but I would say that like the more 80s, like post-punk synth stuff is my favorite. Uh, Ilara, in your case, I think for some people which are not exactly like hardcore uh, ghost audience, uh, the shows uh, you create uh, maybe uh, feel like it's It's a focus on uh, some underrepresented contemporary artists uh, and uh, uh, it seems like you uh, really want to shed a light on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm following a very simple, uh, simple fo- formula. 
um, maybe that might be simple to myself. I'm always following my heart, of course, and I'm always trying to find the musicians who are following and trying to open some new forms and new sounds and their own universes of music. And um, I have this uh, very, like, if we compare sound to color, we're not trying to find a new color on the palette because the main colors are already like discovered, but something in between those colors and uh, each artist uh, that I am connected with are finding uh, some new tones in this huge musical, worldwide musical palette. I'm looking for those artists who are touching those tones. And uh, I'm very interested in those artists who are like pushing their tones. Uh, yeah, th this is this is the main, and it's very subjective, of course. For some people, it it would be a common tone, but for me, when I when I'm hearing it, and I feel like I never heard anything like that before, that's that's the point where I'm like starting to, and I I never care if he's famous or not. I mean. I think that the amazing thing about music is that it's a huge ocean and uh, I'm very happy that I have this NTS residency because for me, every time I'm trying to do something, I'm going deep into research of certain artists. I hope that fascination will be with me till the end of my days. And uh, when I travel, when I travel around Russia, I meet uh, with some guys, which are, for example, for me, they are connected uh, with me via that Chikalin vinyl, for example, or maybe Nachnoy Prospect vinyl, or maybe some others, and, and it's always next level. While focusing on Russian music and uh, Eastern European uh, wider, did it change your image of what is usually perceived uh, as Russian. I think I got more context with finding new music. I mean, I was just like fed through my parents, like a lot of pop, I guess, music, like Russian pop music. I guess I was just naive to things like until I came to college and like started like finally researching more music. Um, you know, I, I'm not like super naive thinking that, you know, that pop was the only thing that existed until now, but uh, obviously that's not true, but it was just something that I didn't find interest in until, or interest in um, observing and researching until I came to school and to college. And I think that there is like influence with any music through any country, like it doesn't matter. I like don't think that, you know, America or the UK influenced every other country. Of course, there is a lot of like new punk bands or post-punk bands in Russia right now that sound a lot like Joy Division or something like that. But I won't say that, you know, they completely copied that sound because those sounds come from like Gregorian chants that come from different, you know, parts of the world. Uh, Ildar, for you is, uh, of course, uh uh, as you said, representing a certain group of artists and uh, their music being in some ways like a product of export from Russia to uh, to wider audience. Do you feel that uh, this, uh, of course, makes you this uh, 
translator of a certain image of a Russianist? And uh, do you find it uh, sometimes maybe difficult to uh, break these uh, common con connotations and uh, superstitions regarding it? We are always avoiding superstitions. We are always avoiding... We're, we're trying to be subtle. Like, we're not using the archetypes. We're not using, I don't know, the, the basic elements of vodka, bear, and balalaika and stuff like that. <laughs> we're trying to be using a subtle elements which are connected to our culture on a deeper level. And our rationness is different. Our Russianness is not connected with like Soviet Union. Our Russianness is connected with a, a little bit of a bigger span of time. Nevertheless, we have a lot of uh, influence, uh, of course, due to the specific of time. We we are like connected with uh, with the with the producers that were grown up and being active during the Soviet times. But I believe they're not too much Soviet. But there's much more Russianness that that Sovietism that that we're trying to implement in what we do. We are not using Russianness as a point of sale. Like if we compare it to very very popular, I don't even remember their name, but the YouTube bestsellers from Russia that has been participating the Eurovision. How do they call? Big. Oh, little big. Little big. They they sell they sell Russia in the shell like they sell mm, pop yeah. Russia, and and we were all stereotypes. We, we we were always avoiding stereotypes. I want the Russianness to be considered this way, subtle, intelligent. Uh, very, very, I don't know, different. They always ask me what it is, like what is what is the, the sound of Russia? Yeah. And uh, I cannot uh, tell you what it is. You can only hear it. You can only feel it with your ears. And that's the beauty of music. Some things that could be heard, you can never explain what it is. I like how you put it. That's how I want, I mean, that's how I try to make my... NTS show too. That's why I play every type of genre. I don't play just like cold wave, you know, like really gray sounding music as like some people pigeonhole Russian music to be. Like there's just so many different sounds and there's, I really hate putting labels on any kind of, I don't even like genre, you know, like names. What makes this connection uh, with uh, the audience, especially your audience maybe, uh, not just from Russia, but also your like friends uh, from states and wherever. Uh, what uh, connects with this music? There are no points of reference sometimes, and th this is beautiful when you are sort of disoriented and need to establish these connections yourself. Uh. I think it it depends on the person and what their agenda is, I guess, or what their like purpose is for listening to my show or listening to Russian music specifically. I think that like, if you're, if you're just like a music head that wants to experience every possible sound that there is out there and understand the world musically, like you're not going to be putting, you're not going to try to put a label on things. Like I previously said, I think like, 
I hope that a majority of the people that listen to the show are just listening in terms of like discovering new music and it it just happens to be from those regions like you know maybe it's just adding to their library or maybe it is opening up a whole like different sound that maybe sounds like completely crazy different to them and then there are some people that just find it fascinating like listening to music that doesn't speak their native language you know that's why you know a lot of people love brazilian music it's why a lot of people love like um like spanish sounding you know music like there's like a charm to it and it it does kind of have an aesthetic even if it doesn't try to be that and that's not my personal agenda is to like have some kind of aesthetic behind my show and uh in that for uh, you the this again kind of connection do you feel that uh it may be something sometimes which is based on the values that you share like uh, the values uh, not as just musicians but uh, as uh, again as uh, people uh. i believe i strongly believe that i'm working with the artists who are trying to open the new tone new color on on that music global music palette and uh, i believe around the world everywhere around the world there, there are people hungry for this for these new tones and uh, hungry for new discoveries hungry for new emotions that is music giving and um, that's why i think this thing works because sometimes i receive uh, letters from japan uh, a lot of a lot of by the way like japan is very active because I think people there are really, really deeply trying to understand and very curious. Through this language of music, we are connected. We don't need to speak. We, we speak this kind of language and we understand each other. I think that's the beauty of radio in general is that there are people that are doing the work of like the DJs on NTS or any radio station out there online especially like they are doing the work to finding like niches and finding like things that fascinate them that they hope other people will find fascinating rather than like other way around like trying to tailor to something and it's better than you know having spotify or a youtube algorithm tell you what to listen to and then you're like well that's not what's really being listened to there that's not really what like represents you know the country or anything like that absolutely agree here i think it's it's the next level of music discovery i mean everyone is on spotify i was for me my my facebook feed was crazy when R russia when spotify and russia started yeah. and i was looking at it like what the fuck guys you've <laughs> always been having nts like you and they all and they all tell you like oh this those algorithms are helping me discover mu music and i was like what you must be kidding me you turn on the nts radio and you and you are discovery mode on <laughs> and you see all the playlists there and it's so easy to discover new music and I cannot compare it to algorithm discovery because when you find the name and you put that magic name on Discogs and you find everything about it and you look into the label and you look into the 
time and you look and you see the colors you see you're digging it fucking like crazy and it's i i hope it's gonna be always with me it's like a library but not tailored to you um that's something that like spotify itunes apple whatever they're not gonna give you that same experience that's why i love radio yeah super cheesy but <laughs> radio lovers here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, lastly, I think uh, I wanted to ask your your like the recent fascinations and the recent maybe discovery, maybe it's your upcoming hero of the show or the artist you are just trying uh, starting to find out more about. Um so you maybe share for the listeners. I recent I just got these two records in the mail that I spent way too much money on but I'm obs- completely obsessed um Red Light Radio put out two records by this guy uh, Ronald Langestrot and he's like this Dutch jazz piano like he played in like lounges around Amsterdam but he always incorporated like weird drum machines and like synths and He just incorporated like a whole electronic element to his like loungy jazz piano um shows and so ahead of its time and so weird and I think they just put it out like last year so it's fairly new reissue. Nice one, nice one. Yeah, re- regarding the old old school guys, uh, you know that uh, we are expecting some on our ghost archive series uh, finally we are getting closer to release uh, also jazzman but but from azerbaijan is uh, rafik babayev is the thing that i'm expecting regarding the nts shows like for upcoming shows ivan mirkulov also known as ab loops or erethia for me is like um upcoming local ambient star i think he's he's doing a very good thing with ambient things and uh, the next month where we're waiting for zurkas tepla and uh, for me he was a discovery somehow i missed him through through all these years of his works and i just recently discovered uh, his genius his his uh, combination of uh, very avant-garde music with avant-garde thinking and i hope we're going to do an album with him so i'm excited yeah cool. zurkas tepla if you haven't heard this guy and his label you should definitely check thank you for taking time today to have this talk bye 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 guys thank ciao you. Yeah. thank you bye. and we'll see you on the sridha magazine podcast next week <laughs>